for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Michelle, and here with my regular co-host and podcast life mate, Mr. Jayton Satia, the executive director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Jayton, it is so good to see you on a more regular basis. Thanks for joining us again today. How's everything going? Where are you again? Oh, listen to you. It's only been a week. And actually, it hasn't even been a week. I talked to you this week. <laughs> no, no. No, more, more seeing you regularly makes my, makes my life happier. Um, everything, else is, everything else is good. We're in the crunch time uh, from a festival standpoint, so I'm basically working 24-7. Yeah. Um, but that said, it's always good to get special geeks on and talk about what they geek out about. And I think today is going to be exciting because... Our guest geek is going to geek out about Star Wars and how Star Wars and DC Comics should should unite, right? Is that right? Am I right? Am I close? (laughs) Is that what you were thinking? Okay, because we do have, and and, and you can help me introduce him because you've talked to him more than I have. He is my new friend and your recurring friend, Mr. Alberto Marzan. I send kind of a, a teaser email to all of our potential guest geeks, and I say things like, send us a brief bio. So, Jayton, did you see the email that Mr. Marzan replied to us in? I did, yeah. and it wasn't a, it wasn't brief at all. Ah, that's what I was gonna say. That's why I let you call him out on it. It was quite extensive. And then attachments had attachments. <laughs> and I wondered, Alberto, was that because you just wanted to cut and paste it and just put in the whole thing and not edit it down, or is that you are just so prolific that it was impossible for you to come up with a brief version of your history and your bio? I think it's the latter. You know, it's complicated. I will say that. <laughs> I want it to be as clear as possible. <laughs> this may be a good time for Shannon to poke fun at the detail. <laughs> so we'll start with this. I'll put on my radio voice for his. A successful company founder, executive, and entrepreneur, Alberto Marzan's award-winning career spans media, technology, marketing, and philanthropy. Now as the founder and CEO of Vuma TV, Marzan brings his 20-year track record of driving global impact and innovation to the streaming service industry. How about that? We really are, uh, we really are uh, happy to have you on the show and to hear about all of the things that you've done because it is just a great, great collection of things that you've done, not only uh, in the variety of communities that you lived in as a human being here uh, in the universe and working to, to help other human beings, but also with what you have going on over at Vuma TV. Thank you, Shannon. No, I'm, I'm actually, when I got the invite to be on, on, uh, on the podcast, I was absolutely excited, to be honest with you. I was like, <laughs> yes, because... Uh, <laughs> Because I'm actually a pretty big geek about a lot of stuff, so mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to say stuff. <laughs> um, and, I, and again, you and I have been uh, now friends for a good, I guess, two months or so. So it's not, it's not been a long time. Not been a long time, but certainly fast friends. And and you know, when you get to know somebody at a deeper level, you want to be around them a lot more and just get to learn about their humanity and why they exist and what they what difference they want to make and what, what differences they've already made in people's lives. Um, and again, the, the, the first time we met, um, I was enthralled. We were both panelists on a, on a, on a, another podcast, uh, essentially in, in a blog, I guess. And I was more enthralled with you than, than the consumers that were uh, watching it. Um, I was asking you more questions than, any, than anybody else. Um, but again, fast forward to the fast forward, forward of the relationship, personal relationships, and pers- professional relationship, um, Vuma TV is now the presenting sponsor of the 2020 Twin Cities Film Fest. So not only do, do we work well together 
personally, from our train of thought and the difference that we truly want to make in our community and on our, you know, background, um, but also professionally, our organizations align so well together in, in presenting what our, both our missions, uh, wanting to accomplish in, in the community, which is getting, elevating voices that have been suppressed for so long and using the, the visual media to do so. And thank you for, uh, again, becoming a, a, an amazing friend, um, as well as uh, a professional partner as well. No, thank you, Jay. That, that's, uh, look, I think, I think you and I see the world through very similar lenses. And, uh, that was just very evident. And it's only a matter, uh, of, um, it, it's really more of a byproduct of everything that we've done prior to this point, because you can't get to a certain level, like psychologically, like spiritually, whatever type of, um, whatever type of, uh, uh, thing you're chasing, you can't get there until you pass through that swamp. You know, the forests, you know, all of the, all of the, all of the challenging areas that, um, that make people like yourself and your organization, what, what people see. Um, so I appreciate the kind words, absolutely, because, uh, because we see things, uh, very, very similarly. The one thing that was surprised about was you liked algae and that's what you wanted to talk about today. <laughs> you know, Shannon has an amazing story that I'm dying to hear about about her algae story. <laughs> well, because when I asked you what you know, what things do you geek out about, you sent back um, a list of three things, and one of them was you had the word psychology listed there. And so I wrote back, did you actually mean psychology or phycology? And phycology was what I was hoping you would say because I actually had a question. And so that's it. <laughs> Like most of the psychology things, I know how to lead that conversation. I feel like I've had that conversation with other people just in general out and about. Now, I have never had the opportunity to speak to someone about phycology, the scientific study of algae. Phycology is a branch of life science and is often regarded as a subdiscipline of botany. And so I had this question. So I'm going to hold this up to the camera. So did you see the story <laughs> in the city pages? You see that? No, I didn't. You? Okay, so do you see that, Alberto? You see that? I do, but I did not see it, no. Okay. What is so, that thing? So what this is, is that uh, this the, the headline of this is it says, This Lives Near You. And what it is is a photo from City Pages, uh, uh, one of our local Twin Cities newspapers here, if you're listening to this outside of the Twin Cities. And what it is, it shows a young person holding what looks like is a very dirty jellyfish, like the filthiest <laughs> jellyfish yeah. you've ever seen and so what this yes you know and so what it is is it is a back to our psychology thing it turns out that it is a bryozoan a bryozoan is what that called also commonly called a moss animal they're called moss animals and what they are because that blob this one it looks to be about the size of a, 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 a large pie plate and then doubled yeah. up. So it's like the size of a small watermelon. It's a pretty gross jellyfish. So what a bryozoan actually is, is it's a Voltron-like coalescence of thousands of gen, uh, gelatinous bryozoans. <laughs> so they can grow to the size of a volleyball and then they attach themselves to objects in the water. <laughs> and so this was found. I don't know. What was about that? <laughs> I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I mean, 
See, I was selling you. If it turned out that you were a phycology Greek, I'm like a phycology geek. I'm like, I got you. I got you. Yeah. And so I also like anything like in the news that is actually a scientific term that they get to use a description like Voltron like. <laughs> right? I understand that completely. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. So that was actually found in Minnehaha Creek here in the Twin Cities. So you guys can just go ahead and stay away from that. So um, what you actually wanted to talk about is psychology. But before we get into uh, some of that, why don't we start with a little more information about what's going on over at Vuma TV and how you go through that 20-year span of this uh, wonderful track record of all the things that you've done, and you go, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to start a streaming service. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think you have to have, or at least I did, was, you know, a good dose of ignorance, a good dose of of trying to provide um, for, for people that look like me and my family, like in my immediate circle, and then just a combination of everything that I have done, uh, professionally and personally. So it was like a clash of all of that. Right. Because, um, because the streaming service, I mean, the streaming world is, uh, is like the wild, wild west right now, right. still. And to get into that space at, at, at this specific time, even though it was five years ago, um, you know, you needed, you needed to have big shoulders. Um, and, uh, just because it's so, you know, a guy that, that, that is not a Hollywood guy because I'm not, I'm not a studio guy. Um, so I came in as an outsider or into an industry that, um, that needs to change, that needs to look at things differently, that needs to look at their, their consumers, us differently. Um, so it was really just, um, between ignorance, the, the, the dire need for, for people within our community and outside of our community to understand who we are, who we were and, and, uh, how we live. Um, and then the impact and the innovation that, that was kind of interwoven into that. So when you're going, all right, we're going to start, we're going to launch this one. Since you came from a technology background and you had some of that as well, were there certain components that were easier where you go, okay, I'm going to live over here and then I'm going to hire people to take care of all this other stuff? Or did you go, I'm going to figure the whole thing out myself? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only really good at like two or three things. <laughs> so uh, so I, didn't, I didn't say I'm going to do the whole thing. Psychology is one <laughs> Yeah, I, that, that's exactly right. Um, so I know what I'm good at, and I, do, I try to stay in that lane uh, as much as possible. But um, it was it was more of of really just the the just the the, the important and critical need that that children and our and our youth and and just people within our community have, and that desire and 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 need to, to see ourselves on television and the power behind that. I mean, that, that level of impact is, uh, is what I've, I've been after for, for most of my career. So it was just really trying to make that impact into our community and that evolved into how do we do that at what level and media and entertainment being the new oil just made it a, made it a, a, an obvious vehicle for that. And one of the things that I love about your your mission, and then again, your vision, is absolutely not self-serving. It is absolutely 
yourself less. What you are trying to do, and I think what you've obviously accomplished and you're looking to do a lot more and you're looking to scale at the moment, is the individuals that you want to impact. It's not about even the quantity of how many people, but it's also the quality at which you're going to impact them. And again, this is from a content creator standpoint because you empower a lot of content creators to tell their stories you also then empower the consumers and make it so easy and so accessible for them, like without a given thought, like you should, yes, go consume what you're consuming in a normal day to day, but there's absolutely room in your schedule to also watch these amazing stories as well. And you don't fault one versus the other. You're not saying don't do that, just do this. You're saying there are amazing stories being told by people who typically don't have the bandwidth to be able to get it out. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're allowing to do. So I yeah. love that about your mission and vision as well. Thank you. So just if, if folks are not familiar with Luma TV, so we're, we're a global OTT uh, streaming network, just like um, the popular 800-pound gorillas that you hear about, such as Netflix and, and Disney+. Plus. Um, we have very similar infrastructure technically than that, to that. Um, our focus is uh, sharply different, um, and the content that we're focused on, uh, on serving to our global consumers is also slightly, slightly different from what you would find on those other networks. Um, just like Jaden said, it's more about really showing the, the, the way that we live our, our, our regular lives every single day through content, uh, and, and hitting on some really important and critical, um, uh, I would say angles to content such as the, the, the global aspirational life that we all want and how, and how we're more connected and more similar than not and how we should be celebrating each other's differences, um, our, our cultural differences, um, our, our, our differences in, in our regular lives as opposed to ostracizing that. So it's really, it's really, uh, thank you, Jane. It's really, um, we feel very good about it. So we're, we're excited to be here. It's been one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing I've ever done, and I've done some challenging things. Um, but this one is, uh, this one is more important than any of them. Well, Alberto, when you're talking about this is a new take on this kind of content and making sure that it's available to people, how do you overcome those challenges of, well, then how does our audience know that we're here? Because a lot of times we're so entrenched in here's the way things are. And like you said, there already are these giant behemoth uh, options that people go, well, I go to them because I've always gone to them. How do you as the startup go, I, I'm here as well, and here's why you should tune into us? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's all built within the business model. Um, we, I made a decision early on that, we, uh, we weren't just going to be focused on the North American market. Um, so then that puts us in a different category. Um, and that we would be available globally. Um, so that, that helps us. And then the other, the other important, I would say value proposition is that we have a free account, um, and a paid account. So we build, um, these, um, these, these value propositions into the business model to help us at least get a chance to be around the table. Uh, and, um, and then after that, it's, uh, we are, we are so much closer 
to aligning with somebody's culture than just a media company. But that helps us out. Okay. Uh, because, because we come across and we are more authentic in the type of content that we're, that we're providing. Um, and then after that, it's really aligning ourselves with the, the right partners, like the Twin Cities Film Festival, like other film festivals around the world that we're partnered with, that helps us become a, a company with a heart and a soul. Uh, and that's, and that's really, really, that's really important to me personally. Professionally. You've had a varied background prior to Boomer TV too. So I would love to have our listeners kind of learn about like where you grew up and how, how your personal growth and personal journey, um, lends to your current aspiration professionally and personally moving forward too. And again, you're in Minneapolis, but not the original place you wanted to be. <laughs> Um, so I think that that's also a fascinating uh, story in itself. If you wouldn't mind sharing that, I think our our audiences would love it. Sure. Um, so originally, I was I come from a family that is extremely diverse, and when I say that, I mean um, we are Haitian, Dominican, and Venezuelan. And if you know anything about um, where. The people from the island of the Hispaniola originated from, uh, you can, uh, and we have, and I have, and my family has tied back directly to Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have tied down, we have tied the entire journey and potentially like the vessels that the African slaves came in and where, and when and where they landed on the island of Hispaniola. So many Dominicans, um, don't don't really know that um, because many Dominicans like latch on to the Spaniard side of things. Right. Because we speak Spanish on that side of the island because that was the very first, you know, lot of land that some guy named Christopher Columbus landed on. That was the first place ever. And that's why you will find the first church there. You will find the first university there. You will find the first hospital in the Americas in Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic. So you've got a clash of the Tahino Indians with the African slaves that came and then the Spaniards. And um, that created what we now know as the Dominican people. And the other side of the island is very, very different. And unfortunately, has continued to be different since those times. And that's the side where the country of Haiti uh, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the Haitian people have been either either freeing themselves um, from 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 colonizers, uh, you know, since the since the beginning of time, and then freeing themselves from their own leaders, and then right. freeing themselves. I mean, this has just been a nonstop war for Haiti. Right. And um, then when they do have a break, it seems like the, the, the universe sends some terrible uh, weather yeah. event that they have to battle. And so there's so, had such a difficult struggle with creating a stable ecosystem and, and, and internal system there. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just very challenging. And so I, my family comes from both sides of the, uh, of the mountain range. Um, so I grew up in the Dominican Republic, grew up speaking Spanish, grew up like in the middle of all of this, like beautiful love and, you know, black and white and green and like so many different shades of humanity. Like that's literally who my family is. Um, that, um, that it was, it's impossible 
for a child to see race and color and the color of our skins in that environment the way that we do in, in America. And right. it's, um, it's part of our, our ignorance and our stupidity and how this country is run, unfortunately. So I grew up in a very, you know, colorless uh, environment, um, full of strong women. I have a bunch of sisters, probably my gang of sisters. <laughs> uh, seriously, like, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's, it's like really complicated. Um, and a bunch of women. I was the only boy in this household. And, you know, so we grew up with a lot of love, a lot of protection, a lot of um, awareness. Um, and... We immigrated into the United States through the regular immigration process. And, um, we, we, we got to Miami, which most people from the world and that part of the world get to. When I got to Miami, I realized that the, the, the vision or the expectation that I had as an 11 year old boy of what America was going to look like was vastly different from what I thought it would be like. And that was directly tied to the images that we were seeing on television. Right. Because America is supposed to look and be this way. And we got to Miami and I'm like, oh, we're at the wrong place. This does not look like what I expected it to look. Right. Um, so, I, you know, we were in Miami for a few, probably four years. Um, and during that time, I, we as a family encountered the Ku Klux Klan. Um, twice, and we actually got to see mounted KKK walk, you know, not walking, but they were protesting. There was a big march and a big protest. Um, so we got to experience that, and that was our real first, first-hand look at what racism um, in America was like. We quickly moved out of that state. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, and, 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 and went to San Diego. That's where okay. I learned how to speak English, junior high, high school, college, all that stuff. So, um, from a, sorry, I have a, just a quick follow up question. Um, what brought you to Minnesota? Is it, was it the, was it professionally? Um, obviously, because you mm-hmm. stayed in LA as well, and, and you, of course, are, you know, you're global, um, you're, you're transient, you're a nomad. What, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what, what has kept you here in, in Minnesota? So last year in 2019, summer of 2019, we were filming um, a, an original um, series at a restaurant downtown Minneapolis, and we started to see some investment opportunities, and that space started to, to pick up for us. And I made the decision to come back um, to be closer to that and start up a little satellite office in the Twin Cities. That's great. Um, and that's, that's what has brought me here. What's kept me here is the, is the inability to, to travel uh, overseas to, to our other offices. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you the one gotcha question I have. Let's say you could have, if, if you could have picked any place to be trapped, like any of the places where you have offices, where would you choose to be stuck? If you had had the choice and the option, probably the uh, the UK. Okay. Yeah, um, it's obvious that um, that they are dealing Europe and they the UK are dealing with, with this pandemic. Probably uh, just they were late to the party like we were, but they reacted probably a little bit quicker and better. Right. Um, so so they are seeing a um, a resurgence or or a risk. Um, 
revitalment of their of their economy and their community there. And because it's such, I mean, it's one of the most, if not the most diverse and multicultural city in the world. It's like, it's just, it's amazing. Jayden, your turn. You want me to keep going? No, I mean, I could ask. I've actually. You had a follow-up question. Well, no. My questions have all been answered because you and I go on so many happy hours. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, for me, when I'm, when I'm, again, I was thinking and processing about when you talked about you live in a colorless society, yet you, you everything you said made it seem so colorful. Mm. Right? With every every single type of human being that you could possibly have access to, you've had access to. Mm-hmm. Every, like, food and language and art. So I understand what you're saying, colorless, colorblind, that whole thing. But I think, for me, I look at that as so much amazing color coming at you that you want to absorb it as much as possible. And I'm assuming that it's also, because you have, again, do- dove into so many different lifestyles and, and perspectives and thoughts and political affiliations and everybody just coming together, right? Again, having a cohesive conversation. Uh, from a psychological standpoint, are you a better professional because now you know how to read people and or their uh, intent or their energy? What about psychology? Because you talked about that being something you geek out about. Right. How much of your past has led you to be a psychological geek i don't know that my past um has led me to be more um more more psychological i would say that um i probably had some unique um life experiences such as um just being growing up in the type of family that i grew up in where you know you've got You've got, I'm fairly light-skinned, but all of my sisters are uh, much, much darker in their complexion than I am. And, you know, being, being, being in that environment and with so many women that loved on you and took care of you really helped me understand how to use more of myself to hear a person other than just my ears. Right. So, um, I, you know, that's, that's something that I'm really uh, proud of um, because I, I try to actively like, like use everything about myself to understand somebody. Um, so, so starting from that and building on that and, and understanding what some of my skills and talents were and really just honing in on that uh, has developed me and my drive to, to be more empathetic um, which is really my the number one approach to being to understanding somebody. Well, when Thank you me. are interacting with somebody, then do you look at it from a do, do people start to feel kind of like like a subjects in an experiment when you're dealing with them? Like, who are your viewership? Those kind of things. Do you look at them like that? From like, can you step back and go from a psychological standpoint? Here's how human beings react to content. So here's how we're going to move forward. So, Shannon, your question, I want to make sure I understood your question. Are you asking me if, if, if a person feels more like an experiment? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're asking? Right. Other than when, when, when they're asked when I'm interacting with them? Right, because you do, if you look at them from such a psychological standpoint and if you're looking at them trying to figure them out. 
If you're going, what mm. makes a person and a human being tick? Do you Got ever it. feel uh, like they feel less of, they feel more like a process and a thing that ticks uh, yeah, the way that you're interacting with them? No, the answer is no. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't approach it in a, in a trying to analyze you in any right. way, shape, or form. Um, what I'm trying to do is, is, is literally just understand what you are trying to communicate and um, give you the, the raw and real uh, response back. And it's never, it's never a cookie cutter like approach or process. Um, there are certain things that I will, that I will ask to help me like build the box of like, okay, where, where is this person at in their life journey? Um, because everybody's at a different place. Right. But I don't, I don't think, I've gotten it a few times, but it's not the normal, uh, oh, I feel like you're analyzing it. Right. Are there specific psychological traits that you see more of in people than others? Yeah, so there, there, I started to like really try to understand like why the human mind or us as humans make the decisions that we make, you know, and how that, and how that process like evolves. So that's, that was really, really interesting to me. Um, the, the thing that really took that and, and put it on, on, uh, on steroids was when I got introduced to Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, I'm such a huge advocate of, uh, of counseling, of therapy, of like psychological profile examinations and tests, I'm like really like, oh, I really do like that stuff. Um, Myers Briggs really spoke to me a lot and I got introduced to it. Um, I was on the board of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Right. Um, and as a board member, we, um, we, you know, we had retreats and we had different activities that we would go to as, as a board. And one of them was to take the full Myers-Briggs test. Not yeah. the one you go on behind you and, oh, this is me. No. Yeah. The full test is like an expensive test that you have to go through. It's like an actual workbook. Right. Um, so I really started to dive into that and, and it helped me like, Man, it was, like, it was like awesome because it helped me understand that all of our brains are wired very specifically to be very, very good at very specific things. So what are you so I can Google it when we finish the episode? What are your little ca- cavalcade of letters that come back when you're a, when you do your Myers Briggs? Yeah, no, I'm a pretty, I mean, I'm a pretty solid ENTJ. D- wait, so tell me again. I'm gonna look it up because I never remember it. That I'm, I'm yeah, as bad no, with that. I'm as bad with that as I am when somebody goes what when I ask them what hor- what zodiac sign they are. I have to look it up later. So tell me again. He is an Edward. Mm-hmm. T is in Tom. Mm-hmm. N is in Nancy. J is in Juliet. I'm gonna look it up because I always mean to look it up. It comes up in my life for very silly reasons because it seems like there are, there's a high proponent of people on the dating sites that I use that put that in there as if I'm supposed to know. It's just as much as them saying <laughs> what, what <laughs> So I know that I should Google that along with what zodiac sign they are and then yeah, see. Yeah. It probably would be better if I knew what I was so I could see do we match. So I'm gonna look that up when we get done. But I do. You know, that's, that's a perfect, that's a perfect 
perfect intro to this. Yeah, because that's exactly, you know, I think it's funny how some people use it for different things. And you're using, you're, it's like if you're using your Myers-Briggs superpower, you're using yours for good versus evil if I run into it on somebody's Bumble profile. Um, so at least you, you know what you can do um, and, and, and how you're interacting with people. And so... You're saying that when you went through the whole process, did you learn a lot about yourself as well? You know, once you were able to go, well, when you look at it from these different categories, yes, I really sound like this, and that makes sense when I'm interacting with other people. Totally. I mean, the first thing I did was obviously critically overanalyze myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then I realized, like, damn. (laughs) Let me cut this out of my life and <laughs> that out of my life. Are you and, uh, in, so let me just ask a general question. As you're taking these tests, or maybe some, some of our listeners have already taken these tests, and you think about, are you thinking about the way you want to be perceived as you're taking that test? Or do you, like, how honest can you truly be or how much of what you want to be perceived that? Like, I want to be ENTJ, so I'm going to answer these questions so that that comes down to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm assuming there are fail-safes built into the test for that reason. Um, but as you took these tests, how honest were you in your answers and, and, you know, and then finding out what, what you... Yeah, no, I think that, well, the test does have some, some fail-safes to try to guard against that. And it's like a two-hour test. I mean, so it's it is it's not like there are different types of answers that I mean it is really going in to try to to try to um, ensure you know that it's ex- as accurate as it can be at the end of the results. And but, um, again, to the again follow-up question: Do you then empower or implore that anybody that works with you? Uh, closely, professionally, also take these tests just so you know exactly where. Well, here's what I did. Here's what I did is after that, te- after that phase of the journey, I just stopped dating a certain type of woman. Oh, <laughs> I stopped. I stopped. I stopped hanging out with you know a certain type of person. I stopped doing this. I stopped doing that, and the more of that that I cut out of my life, like the finer the instrument became. Okay. Because um, I was I was focusing, I started to focus on the two or three things that I'm really good at. Right. That's it. I wasn't going to say, hey, I'm a great speller. Let me go copyright this paper. I will, you know, so I just stopped all that nonsense and cut a, you know, cut a bunch of people out of my life and, and really had to remake like how I wanted to live. That's what it is. And I would and presume that the ga- that the 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 process puts in pl- it puts you know, when you were talking about those safeguards. I'm presuming that it knows that certain personality types would try to game the system. So it's probably it figures out a way. There's probably a mechanism to go. Well, this is how you respond if you're trying to cheat. We'll use the word cheat correct. for lack of a better word. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's a really sophisticated. I mean, think about this. This the the Navy SEALs give two different um, psychological aptitude tests. This is one of the two. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, it's not, it, it is, it is, I think it's just marvelous at how it helped me understand, you know, that our brains are all wired to be good at certain things and not good at other things. And then 
try to, after that phase, um, just to get back to your, your other question, Jayden, after that phase expired, it was like, okay, um, how does that um, clash with society and how our, our, our upbringing and our parents totally screw us all up, mm-hmm. even though they love us and, they, you know, they're moms and dads and we love them. You know, how does what, what our reality and our real universe is, how does that clash with all the BS that we have right. to combat? And that's where the fun starts, because then you got to start living differently. Then you got to be. Then you got to start not being worried about pissing somebody else off. And then you got to start doing stuff that is not, you know, let's get in the, you know, let's get in the target four line and then see what number we draw. That's 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 when my life really started to change. That's amazing. I haven't taken it, and I'm looking forward to again as you reinvest in yourself as a human being. It's always good to know what other individuals have gone through and what processes. You know, I look at a couple of friends of mine and say, you should go to the, the um, couple of conferences, you know, like the regular conferences that they go to for this particular reason, for, right. for marketing or sales or whatever. And again, when you trust that individual, you trust that's how they've been successful because they've gone through that process. You're more, you're more likely to start to follow Again, not you trust them implicitly. Right. Sometimes, sometimes you implicit you trust them because they're really great professionals. Um, so I'm gonna take this as a, uh, a note to myself to to truly dig deeper from a professional and personal standpoint, and, and you know take the two hour find the time to take the <laughs> to take the test. Well, I think yeah, that I mean, the, way, the way the way to do it is you have to find a counselor, and the counselor is then uh, basically acts like a coach for you. Okay. Um, and then that uh, that person is accredited by the institute, and then they are able to formally give you a test if that's what you really want. To. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd be Thank very you. curious to see what you come out with, Jaden, because I I also like the part um, where you said, Alberto, that it's then your responsibility to go. Well, what am I going to do with this information, and how am I going to move forward? Um, right. And and to try and because it it isn't just a matter of. Okay, somebody told me what I am. It's also a matter of what do you accept, and then how are you going to use that information for your path? Because everybody's path is still, even though somebody else might have suggested it to you, it still is, how are you going to work and weave this into your path? Um, and and I, I, I'm sure that this is quite valuable. I'm curious to see when you go and get that done, Jayden. I've been the Season, off season. So don't count <laughs> that until November, December, January. Yeah, I'm like, anyways. where do you have two hours now? I don't feel like even if I sent you like a Pottermore quiz or one of those BuzzFeed quizzes, you have time for that right now. But I'm waiting to see as your friend. That would be fantastic. Right. So fair enough. <laughs> I, think, I think I think it's. Um, I always think about you know, what hap- what would happen if if we as just humans growing up would would get these tests at a much younger age. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how would our current lives be different? You know, and I think it would be they would be dramatically different. We wouldn't we wouldn't take the jobs that we that we take just because our parents want us to be a, a doctor, or a, you know, a teacher um, based on hey, this is the way that my 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 brain is wired to work and it's wired to be really good at these sector types of careers and really not these. So when do you think that cutoff is from a developmental stage? Specifically, talk about Myers-Briggs. Like, when do you think our developmental stage is a, 
attuned to their, you know, when they're asking, answering the questions the right way. Well, I yeah, also I mean, think, and before you answer, can I add this in? When please. are you gelled enough as a human being that it is a value for you to take it? Because I know, like, I had the experience recently of going back through one of my journals that, well, I only have one. Going back through my journal, I had started, like, my my sophomore year, my, my freshman year in college. And I'm not a completely different person, but I'm a lot different. I'm like, who is this woman that was writing yeah. this when she was 18 right. versus what I'm now, as you know, when I'm 40? And so when, as a, from a psychological standpoint, where in your life would it be, you know, here's this particular milestone, here's another milestone, here's something where it would be of value to you? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's, a, it's, an, ob- it's an obvious question to us. The other thing that I would add to that is that um, these, um, these, I call them coordinates, they have the ability to change over our lifespan. So we have a primary one, and then we have secondary attributes that are really, maybe really, really foundational. But they will obviously change as one matures and as we go further along down this journey. I, you know, in my, in my, I'm certainly not a psychologist, but as a, as a novice self-help reader in this category, I would say after we are independent enough to make our own. Um, uh, I would say critically important decisions for our in our lives. Um, you know, am I going to move across the world or across the country to seek X, Y, and Z? When we're at the stage in our lives that we are making those types of decisions, is probably, in my opinion, again, the, the, an entry point into that that the Myers Briggs exam. But mine, I will say, that has been pretty. Um, pretty pretty steady as an ENTJ for, for the most part of my career. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I do want to make sure that everybody can find all the information about you and what you have going on out there, Alberto. So I encourage them to go to your website, which is very easy to find. You, they could just go to albertomarzan.com. You have all kinds of fantastic information out there, not only about Vuma TV, but just some of your musings and writings. And, and you are very outspoken and clear at who you are. So I appreciate that. When we go to the website, there is no subterfuge as to who is this person. <laughs> Oh, at all. But is there anything I'm else? Never the easy road. <laughs> <laughs> so other than getting people to subscribe to Vuma TV, is there anything else that you want to charge them with um, that we can have our listeners at BR Geek go, here's what Alberto left with me for this after, after this episode? Yeah, just a simple question is just ask yourself the importance of film and, and, uh, and, and the entertainment industry to your personal life and your family. You know, ask how, how important is that? And, and really look into that and then, and then cross-reference that with what Jayden and the Twin Cities Film Festival are doing to figure out you know, how they fit into that space. And what you'll find is that it's probably more important, you know, at a psychological, like, intuition-type level than you may think. And, Jayden, I always give you the opportunity to begin and end with information about the Twin Cities Film Fest. So what do you want people out there to start doing over the next couple of weeks? Um, just be, again, aware of, um, just be on our social media platforms, so obviously on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, all those. Are, are I think we're going to start a TikTok channel. Again, just oh, really? to be more out there. Um, yeah, and you don't even know about it, but you're going to be our first. 
first, uh, I guess, test subject on that. <laughs> I'm your um, content creator, think, guinea pig? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I would just say just be aware of things Things are happening right now. Right now is that we're in the final stages of selecting the films. We're in the final stages of uh, putting all the logistics together. So more information will be coming through our social media channels. Um, the next event that we have is September 19th, our Actor Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, we'll do a social distancing event, much smaller, but still an event. We'll have a virtual component to it as well. So, And, again, our festival is coming up in October, presented by Vuma TV, and we're excited to present um, at least 60 to 70 amazing films, uh, some in person. We're, we're, we're working with a couple of studios on that, but most of them are on our streaming platform, Twin Cities Film Fest Streams. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we are at the moment, but I'm sure we'll be able to do provide the listeners with more information over the next couple of weeks. Well, I know that you're going to be also doing a little bit of traveling here and there, so I have some great guests. I'm going to I'm going to do the next one by myself, and then I am hoping that you are back by the time that we are going to be part of uh, the Convergence, the one of the largest uh, fan-driven sci-fi and fantasy conventions in the Midwest, is actually coming up later in the month of August, and so we're going to be doing a special episode that week. So just in case you are not back, what I do have on deck for that one, uh, Jayton, is our good friend Taylor Cisco, Mr. T. Aaron. Francisco. He is going to fill in with us as, uh, as well. And then we also have my good friend Mary Mack, who is one of the stars of the Hulu sir, uh, show, Solar Opposites is going to be on that one. And hopefully you'll be able to make it as well, because just... Just because of timing for the last three years. Yeah, during the last three years, you never available when I do this convention. And so people think that I made you up like Snuffleupagus is what it is. It happens right at the cusp of the festival. I will, I will, I will, I will be there this year. How's that? Okay. Done. Alberto, he bags on me every year. Every time we have to do there. Okay. Alberto, I'm going to call him out because he called you out at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Jayton and, and I have been friends <laughs> since college. And he's yeah. always like, yeah, you know those geek conventions you do? I want to do that. I would love to see how you act at those geek conventions. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He's been saying that for years. And he never, and we've been at seven of them now. I have. Where we've done BR Geek on the road at these conventions. And miraculously, he's like, I can't. I'm going to be in Jamaica. I'm taking my family to Mexico. I'm like, whatever. I'm going to be in L.A. I got to do this other thing. He's never there. So I show up, and they're like, thought there was two of you? His name's in the bio. And I'm like, yeah, well. No, he's always nice when I'm around him. And then the minute I walk away, he feels like I am not going to go hang out with her and her friends that wear those cool, those t-shirts. No, there's no way. So I'm like, all right, now it's just been long enough, Alberto, that I'm beginning to take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> that he just doesn't want to go to the conventions with me is what I feel like. And he and I, we hang out well together. I mean, I, right. I, that's... <laughs> we do. Um, what is it again? What is it? Because that one's going to be I want to open That's on Sunday, August 23rd, I believe is what is, if that's the right date, the 23rd. And so he's supposed to be with me. And it's going to be a virtual thing or is it in person? It's a virtual thing. So you extra have no excuse because you don't even have to do anything except what we already do here. So Sunday, August 23rd. 2 p.m., we are going to be part of the virtual extravaganza of what Convergence is this year. And so... (laughs) I'm going to write this down. Right. Fine. 2 p.m. Gang up on me. 2 p.m. 
Sunday, August 23rd. A very special PR geek. There we go. We're going to talk all kinds of fantastic things. We're going to talk to Mary Mack about Solar Opposites. Taylor Sisko. That's why I have Taylor on deck, because I can count on him. So, <laughs> that'll work. Wow. <laughs> Boy, this is kind of hot. He got aggressive. This is getting kind of hot. years, what do you expect? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was seven years of angry black women that all bottled up at one time to tell you, stop canceling on me, Satya. So... I'll text him on the 20th and ask him what he's doing. Yeah, what are you doing on Sunday? Are you preparing? Are you preparing? Have you gotten ready? Has she sent you the schedule yet for the show? (laughs) I will be back from New York. I will make sure I'll be back from New York on that day. Even if you have to call in from the car, if you have to tell your family, hold on, I got to pull over a second. Somebody else take the wheel. I got to talk to Shannon. That's fine. That's acceptable. I will give you a pass. <laughs> All right, fine. Fine. I have no excuse. Done. Wonderful. Can we move on? Thank we you very much. If nothing else, Alberto, we did not learn about psychology from you, but I know that now if I need to get Jayton to do something, you're the one I need to have on deck. So thank you very much. You're doing the Lord's uh-huh. work, Mr. Marzan. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. <laughs> you can always find out more about Alberto. Again, go to his website, albertomarzan.com. You can find out more from us by going to our website, twincitiesfilmfest.org, to find this episode and previous episodes. And we also encourage you to be part of our Be Our Geek Show community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email the show at beourgeekshow at gmail.com. We encourage you to like and subscribe us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you want to be part of the show, you can call us at 612-276-2774 to be part of our message roulette so again we appreciate you being part of the show alberto we appreciate you jayton i usually love you and uh maybe i'll see you on the 23rd it's been great to talk to both of you and remember everybody else out there everyone's a geek about something To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.